The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I trust that you're excited because the Dallas Cowboys got a big time win on Sunday afternoon at AT&T Stadium. We have much to get to, but before we do, a reminder that our official post-game show is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel your Dallas Cowboys. That's right, Righteous Felon Jerky and Bill Tongue are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center training facility. Each two-ounce bag has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Bill Tongue, that's one of these bags right here, if you're watching, has 32 grams, and each meat stick, which I have in my hand right here, has eight grams of protein if it's good enough for the six and two dallas cowboys it has got to be good enough for you too righteous felon uses locally sourced all natural black angus beef and prides itself on superior quality revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering go to righteousfelon.com and get 15 percent off your order using code btb15 that is btb15 for 15 percent off your order righteous felon craft jerky i've got one of the build tongues right here this is darth garlic i highly recommend i have one of the regular jerkies this is og good that flavor of the meat stick that is in my hand i always recommend the nelson mandela but it is very popular in my household and there are no bags left for me to show i have put in an order myself i have used code btb15 15 saved 15% off of my order. All right, let's get to it here. Loco Texas, by the way, says, Woo, uh, who, excuse me, I, I misread that, is the righteous felon craft jerky of the game. I nominate Tony Pollard. He brought the energy and flavor, I think you meant, Loco Texas, you needed for this yummy game. You know, I think that we could obviously uh, get to, you know, <laughs> who the uh, who the righteous felon, you know, flavor of the of the game is it's really difficult to get to but uh, let's go ahead and do it right now as, as you get to the point here righteous felon craft jerky player of the game right now we have to start here is in fact thank you loco texas for the shout out tony pollard tony pollard was incredible for the dallas cowboys on sunday afternoon his final stat line i hope you had him in your fantasy lineup 14 carries 131 yards Three touchdowns on the ground. He did chip in one catch for 16 yards. So kind of slacking in the aerial department, Tony Pollard. The Dallas Cowboys were incredible. 
The Dallas Cowboys were on fire. The Dallas Cowboys offense woke up against the Chicago Bears, 49-29, to the final score. We have a lot to get to, of course. My stock report, stock up, stock down. Spoiler alert, there is a lot of stock up to get to. There's one stock down that I'm very pissed off about, but we have your comments as well. RG says, Dak is back, baby. Totally agreed. Perry Peters, thank you for the super chat, says, our fearless leader is back. Talking, of course, about Dak Prescott from the first drive. It was already feeling like Dak isn't taking anything for granted this year. The way he walked in that first touchdown felt very much like 2016. Dak Prescott finished the day himself, 21 of 27, 250 yards through the air. That is 9.3 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns on the day through the air for Dak Prescott. Did have the interception at the end of the first half. That was obviously a struggle. Did have the one sack as well that he took, sacks or a quarterback stat, and did have five carries on the ground for 34 yards and the opening touchdown, as mentioned by Perry Peters. Phenomenal game for Dak Prescott. Phenomenal game. Where are they at? I want to hear the people. Where are you at, Dak haters? Where are you at? Where is he at? Oh, oh, Dak was terrible in the first half against the Lions. He sucks. He's terrible. Dak is amazing. This team, this Dallas Cowboys team, has one of the best defenses in the NFL. I know they had some problems. I know we'll get to that, obviously. But this Dallas Cowboys team now has an offense that can play with this defense, and that is something to be very, very, very excited. In fact, this was the offensive performance that we needed to see. This is just such an incredible time. I think if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, to go into the bye, um, obviously with a 6-2 and two record, this is something that we thought was impossible. We've had this conversation many different times. After the first game of the season on Sunday Night Football, when we did our postgame show here, again, presented to you by Righteous Fallen Craft Jerky, we said the Cowboys will be lucky to win two games before their bye. At that point, the Cowboys had just lost. All right, they had just lost a game. They had seven more to go before their bye week, and we said they will be lucky to win two games. They lost fewer than two games. They only lost one game since then, and it was to what many people believe is one of the more well-rounded teams in the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles, and they kind of barely lost, and they kind of barely lost with a backup quarterback under center in Cooper Rush. This team will not quit. This team will not fold. This team will not bend. This is an amazing team. It is a team that we can believe in. It is a team that is going to be going to the playoffs for the second year in a row. First time the Cowboys are going to do that since 2006 and 2007. What a time. Shane Davis says, who would have thought this <laughs> would be the game to be a shootout? Seriously. I mean, this Cowboys team, this Bears team, who would have thought that this was going to be the one? Scoring has been down, obviously, in the NFL all season long. Been a little bit of a wonky season as far as teams showing up, not showing up. By the way, I do have the Red Zone channel on. That's what happens when we're uh, coming on here afternoon games. So I'll keep you updated on, on a few things. The Giants and Seahawks have now kicked off. I don't know what's happening in the Falcons-Panthers game that is going to overtime. So if anybody sees an update there, uh, please keep all of us involved. We're all football fans here. Um, all right, Loco says LVE was stopping some runs. Totally agreed. It was a very good game for Leighton Vanderish. A troubling game for the Cowboys' run defense as a whole. Nick says Dak was great. Some would argue that the pick was not his fault. I don't want to take the interception away from Dak Prescott. Like, he's the quarterback. Obviously, he threw the pass. He deserves his fair share of blame. Um, but, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that the interception that happened right before then didn't count uh, because of officials. Uh, Scott said, by the way, it's his great day for the offense. Go get Odell Beckham Jr. Johnny boy notes the run defense is being exposed. D day two says the bears won time of possession by a lot, but gave up 49 and seemed more interested in rushing the ball than trying to win 
in the fourth quarter. This is just who the Bears are. I mean, they're a limited team, obviously. We all know that. Shout out to Matt Eberflus. Really hoping that they get this thing turned around. The time of possession, if you're curious, the Bears 36 minutes and four seconds to Dallas is 23 minutes and 56 seconds. So you're talking about, I mean, that is a, a massive disparity there. You're talking about 13 more minutes that the Chicago Bears held the ball. But that's what they do. They run the ball. They run the ball. They run the ball. Justin Fields is involved in a lot of that. Over 200 rushing yards uh, for the Chicago Bears today. The first time they did that since 1968. Uh, the broadcast noted we hadn't even been to the moon the last time the Bears ran for over 200 yards in a game. I do want to shout out friend of the show, great friend of the show, Bobby Belt, who tweeted just before we started here. Let me get this over here. Uh, the Cowboys allowed 240 yards on the ground to the Bears. Uh, let me see. I can't get this on my other monitor here. I want to get this stat right and not mess it up. Cowboys allowed 240 rushing yards to the Bears. They are now 3-22 and 22 all time when they allow at least 240 rushing yards. The last time that the Cowboys won a game allowing 240 rushing yards, which they just did today, was 1995. The last time that the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Just putting that out there. Now, Kevin says, RJ, don't blame officials. Had enough of people doing that last year. They are going to protect quarterbacks. Kevin, I'm going to blame officials when we get to our stock report. I'm not going to hold back because I am not the person that comes out here and blames officials. I'm not the person that blames stupid things. I think blaming stupid things is shocker stupid. Uh, but this was a really poorly officiated game uh, in a lot of different ways. And the Cowboys are a team that sometimes benefits from poor calls, right? They're sometimes a team that is hindered by poor calls, which I thought was the case today. Sean Egan, by the way, says, pay that like tax, boys and girls. If you are watching us live or even watching after the fact, please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the podcast, please make sure you are subscribed. And if you can, please leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out in a lot of different ways. Uh, Astro Joe, by the way, Astro's big win on Saturday night. And speaking of like blaming things, Philly's fan, Philly's fan, Philly fans in general act like they're all tough, right? They're this big, tough fan base, and, and now they can't handle losing. I mean, come on, Philly fans. I thought you were tougher than that. But anyway, uh, rushing defense is the weakness. Totally agreed. Uh, we didn't exactly see Jonathan Hankins end that problem. Um, it's tough. Mark, by the way, says, RJ, what the heck constitutes a hold? That's where I'm going to get to blaming officials in a moment. I don't know how Micah Parsons is not drawing penalties all the time. It really is um, amazing to, to watch. Um, just It's incredible. We'll get there. Kenneth says, RJ Moose was great, uh, but Adam was horrible. I like the broadcast today. It was awesome to see the Moose and Emmett moment. Um, I know not everybody gets to watch the broadcast. Some people listen. Some people are watching Red Zone. We have a lot of people who aren't in the local market. Um, I really did enjoy this game. I thought it was really well called. Uh, and again, the, the moment with Moose and Emmett uh, coming shortly after the 20-year anniversary of Emmett setting the record. It was cool that it was the Cowboys and the Bears and obviously Emmett and Walter Payton. Uh, great moment um, all the way around. Uh, Zachary, think of it. The Super Chat says, please fight for the ball. Wide receiver one, horrible interception to end the half. Um, I don't feel as strongly as Zachary on this, but it definitely I'm, I'm willing to put some of the blame, obviously, uh, for the, the interception on CeeDee Lamb. It felt very reminiscent to me. Um, of the of one of the interceptions that Dak Prescott threw in the season opener last year. If you'll recall, kind of the Cowboys backed up against their own end zone. Dak Prescott, kind of same exact thing almost, trying to find CeeDee Lamb and just can't connect. And that ball got tipped. Uh, but, but you know, you've, you've got to do a better job at protecting your quarterback in that situation. A lot of people had an issue with the Cowboys trying to score right there. Um, and if you're one of those people, then I say maybe chill out a little bit because this is the type of coach, this is the type of disposition that we have screamed for, that we have begged for. I loved it. And I will say I don't love or agree with every 
point of aggression that Mike McCarthy is the architect of. I did not like with the Giants on the TV behind you on the Red Zone channel. I did not like at the end of that first half when the Cowboys tried to go for it and get points. Now, Brett Maher missed uh, that field goal, so you can argue that it was almost successful. But I did like it here. I loved the Cowboys saying, who cares if we have a 14-point lead? Let's go get more points. We have a quarterback who's playing out of his mind right now. Let's do this. Let's pour it on. I love McCarthy keeping his foot on the gas. It just didn't work out. And I love doing that because you believe um, in your offense being able to sustain itself, being able to survive whatever you know missteps are going to come if there are consequences. So um, tough moment for CeeDee Lamb, certainly, but um, I, I love the disposition overall. Jerry Jones saying right now outside of the Dallas Cowboys locker room, that Tony Pollard's a tweet from Michael Gelkin. Tony Pollard's uh, impressive performance on Sunday won't impact Zeke Elliott's role when coming back from his injury. Talking about Zeke, of course. Uh, we're going to go as Zeke goes. Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News tweeting out. I wouldn't put much stock into this. I mean, if you're if you're a Cowboys fan and you're still getting all hot and bothered over things that Jerry Jones says, I think you're letting the moment get to you a little bit too much. Jerry's going to say. Jerry's going to talk. Whatever. I, I think we can trust that the Cowboys coaching staff has earned the benefit of the doubt that they are going to utilize Tony Pollard. Obviously, today, Zeke was not there, but they have earned that benefit of the doubt over the course of the previous seven games, right? And you can argue that this should have been the case for the last two years, uh, but the fact, the fact of the matter is that they are utilizing Tony Pollard. I'm very content with that. This isn't about, like, it's got to be all or not. It's got to be all Tony, all Zeke, whatever. The way that they are working, the way that they are balancing this is fine. I'm totally cool with it. So, Jerry, go ahead. Have your moment. Go off, King. Uh, but the Cowboys coaching staff is going to figure out the best way for all of this to ultimately be figured out. I still haven't seen, by the way, um, still have not seen an update on what happened in Atlanta. Uh, I'm trying. I'm really curious about what's going on there. Um, I don't know exactly what the situation is, but it uh, looks like the Falcons have the ball. Um at near midfield looking uh, looking to score against the Panthers. I don't know if they won the opening toss. Somebody can certainly keep me uh, updated. Thank you, D-Day 2 says they're still playing. Uh, but, you know, hey, we're all interested. We're all um, obviously fans of the game. But um, all right, let's move on. Um, Astro Joe, by the way, says that Jones loves hearing himself talk. Uh, Shane says, Jerry, no offense, but that's dumb. Uh, oh, Nicholas says that Carolina just blew the kick. Thank you. That was the update I was looking for. So the Panthers missed the field goal. They obviously, right before we started, uh, this show uh, missed the extra point that was an unfortunate situation because of the DJ Moore penalty, whatever. Uh, thank you, guys. Anthony Gonzalez, thank you for the super chat. Says, great game. Dak is back. Micah needs a week off. And will we face an offense as good <laughs> to run as Chicago again? Maybe the Eagles. I think that would be the one answer to that. But I totally agree uh, that uh, that the Bears, hey, lo and behold, are, are pretty great at running the ball. Um, and so I don't I mean, I think the Eagles are, are as good at running the ball, uh, but I don't know that they are. Um, I don't know that they're going to be as committed to running the ball as the Bears were today. I think that's the um, the situation worth paying attention to. But um, it is what it is. Let's go ahead and get to stock up, stock down. It's mostly up if you win forty nine to twenty nine. Um, you know, it's going to be most up. Dak Prescott leads the way. How can we start anywhere else? Dak was awesome. Dak was amazing. Who are your stock up players? Definitely let us know in the chat and we'll get to those. Um, Dak was, I mean, I, I just, what a day, what a performance. I can't believe anybody doubted him. I loved all your comments about how he kind of came out almost on a mission, uh, trying to prove himself, um, as, as being back. There was the, I think, scary moment, if you want to call it that, um, 
with his left hand getting stepped on. Certainly seems like all is well. Haven't seen any postgame quotes yet. Uh, Mike McCarthy, by the way, speaking of just now, um, tweet from ESPN's Ed Warder talking about Tony Pollard says he's dangerous because he breaks tackles and is good finishing runs. I thought Tony Pollard played the way he always plays. He just had more opportunities today. Uh, well done, uh, Tony Pollard. We'll get to him. But Dak Prescott certainly gets a stock up. Uh, this was the best game that Dak has played since when? I actually will take your your thoughts on this because as, as I buy time for you to, to kind of let us know your thoughts, I I think this was the best game and I'm thinking this out right now, so I, I don't have the answer right now. This had to have been the best game that Dak Prescott has played since New England last year. I mean, I, I, may, maybe since, it, you know, that's, I mean, New England is probably the, the most visible moment. Um, you can talk about since November if you want. I'm uh, not November, since uh, the Atlanta. Speaking of the Falcons, you can talk about the Atlanta game. The Cowboys were just on fire uh, in every way, shape, or form. Um, obviously, the, the Bears are, are kind of closer um, to that. Uh, Christopher Kinsey says since the Eagles last year, I guess if you count the week 18 game, but I, I wouldn't put the week 18 game up there. I mean, I wouldn't count that for anybody. It was, it was such an inconsequential game. Astro Joe says it's a good story for Dak, even if against an inferior defense, we need to dominate in these situations. Check. Totally agreed. Um, let's see. Mr. Vegas says, I agree. New England. Caleb says best performance since November. Honestly, talking about last year, obviously Johnny Boy says maybe um, Atlanta. Totally agreed. I mean, it was a really incredible performance for Dak Prescott. I, and I think this was what we needed to see, what we have been kind of itching to see, we've been wanting to see for a long time. And today was kind of the vision, right? Today was kind of the, if you can get an elite offense, if you can get an elite defense, if you can play sound complimentary football at an elite level, good things are going to happen to you over and over and over and over again. And if you are playing that way, you can sustain and survive the weird little runs that happen, right? Whether whether those uh, those runs are, are born out of the other team being great or they're born out of officiating mistakes, you know, obviously, and, and we'll, we'll get to there. I know I keep saying that, um, but, but the Cowboys did survive. You know, a, a point I'm going to make is the Cowboys lost 13 points in this game, or rather the Bears were handed 13 points, all but handed 13 points because – of officials and so if, if you can survive 13 points in that way um and you're this good it's a it's a much smaller or, or much larger room for error um much right much larger room for error uh than than you know than otherwise and so uh good for the cowboys in every uh every single way kevin says uh gotta love the whole d celebrating and micah saying heck with this i'm gonna score micah definitely a winner johnny boy says look dak is an elite quarterback and it should not be a surprise that this offense performs like this does with dak and ultimately, I think that's the thing. There was a tweet um, that I saw that a while ago. Apologies if it was from any of you. Um, that the Cowboys can't. I don't. I don't know that I trust the Cowboys to win this game with Cooper Rush. And that's not a knock on Cooper by any means. Um, but I don't know that you can survive 13 points coming from um, you know weird, wonky situations if you don't have an offense that can can kind of go back and forth. And certainly, the offensive performance in the second half for the Cowboys was really more about the run game. Obviously, Tony Pollard. Shout out to Malik Davis, by the way, his first NFL action. Seriously, good for him. Um, but and so you can argue that hey, it's just a run game, whatever. But you cannot. You don't have the same level. You don't have the same threat level if um, if you don't have Dak Prescott under center, and so that changes the calculus in every way, shape, or form. So shout out to Dak Prescott. Shout out to Tony Pollard. Uh, we already went over the stat line. Tony Pollard was amazing uh, in literally every single way. It's so awesome to see. Um, and I I hate this. You know I hate what this conversation has become. 
I know that everybody has a thought. I know that everybody has a, a preference. It looks like the Falcons, by the way, are well in field goal range and have reached the two-minute warning um, of, uh, of overtime, I think. So we'll see if they wind up winning against the Carolina Panthers. But, I mean – there's there's it's just Tony Pollard's the more explosive player and and that isn't a knock on Zeke Gillett he's just a more explosive player and this offense has a level of explosiveness when he is in it that they don't have when Zeke's in it they have things with Zeke in you know as a part of the offensive identity that they don't have with Tony Pollard there is a a pro and a con to, to each of their games um in that sense and so the Cowboys are fortunate. We're all fortunate that they have both of them. They have options. Uh, but man alive, it is so much fun to watch an offense that Tony Pollard is, is a featured back end. And so um, we'll see. I do think that this this game, um, if if Tony Pollard wasn't out of the Cowboys market range uh, in the offseason, this game did a lot um, to put him there. It, it does seem like Tony Pollard's going to definitely be playing uh, somewhere else uh, in 2023. Paul says, I like both Pollard and Zeke and feel like we have the best one-two punch in the NFL right now. It's hard to disagree with that. It really is. I mean, there there's a lot of great run games going on. Look at what Chicago did. I think you can, I uh, wouldn't make an argument for them, but you can certainly argue that there are a lot of successful run games in the NFL right now. Uh, the Cowboys, though, at the very top. Shane says, uh, Zeke can play his best game and still can have quite the impact that Pollard can. I think that's true from an offensive contribution standpoint. And you can make the case that that's the most important, obviously, standpoint. Uh, but Zeke certainly has um, has his fair share of contributions as well. Marcel buys. Thank you for the super chat. Um, I, I hear here's your comment. I don't want to miss. I know some sometimes it's confusing when you give the super chat and it takes it without your comments. So I don't want to miss those. It says that pick was definitely on CD. You got to complete the route. Talking about the Dak Prescott interception. I'm fine putting the blame on CD. Um, I, I I just think we have to put some blame on Dak, right? We can't like exonerate one or the other. It's it's an overall um, overall failure from a lot of people. Kenny, thank you for the comments. Says this is the most deep and balanced offense I've seen with key pieces out. This game proves this team is balanced overall. Thoughts, RJ? Um, you know, there's a lot of like, um, well, it's the Bears. Well, blah blah blah. You know, Chicago this and that, whatever. And I know that we've done that with some Eagles wins. Um, certainly the other way. And so I don't want to just be a hypocrite. William, thank you for the updates as the Falcons just won via a field goal. Uh, so that game is over. What a tough loss for the Panthers. What a what a tough moment for um, for DJ Moore. I bet he's pretty upset based on what happened, obviously, um, with uh, the extra point attempt. Goodness gracious. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you can win a game, um, I mean, winning the NFL is obviously hard. But if you can win a game without your star running back, quote unquote, um, you know, when you're technically on your second left tackle, when you have the other question marks that you do, when Michael Gallup's not 100 percent, when C.D. Lamb's kind of still coming into his own, uh, when Dalton Schultz is still kind of getting right. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And defensively, I mean, Sam Williams was inactive for this team, right? Defensively, Jordan Lewis is out for the season, right? And injuries and all sorts of things uh, happen to every team in the NFL. Uh, but this Cowboys team is is very, very, very deep. I don't have Mike McCarthy or any staff member on my stock report. Um, I've given them a lot of praise uh, to this point, but I, I could certainly have them on here. I don't know why nobody wants to give any credit to Mike McCarthy and give credit to Dan Quinn. And let's give some credit to Kellen Moore today. Um, but nobody wants to give Mike McCarthy credit for anything. It's just, hey, Mike sucks. Mike's terrible. Mike, blah, blah, blah. Mike's just hanging out. Mike this, Mike that. Mike McCarthy's team is deep in every single way. People want to say, well, he's just managing things. He's not at least whatever he's doing. He's doing a really good job of it, right? Like who cares what he's doing if they're winning, right? Like he, whatever he's doing that he has decided it works for the team. 
is working for the team. And I think that that is something that gets overlooked. Paul, thank you for the super chats. Zeke is better at run blocking and short yardage. Both have their roles. Zeke is sort of treated like D-Law is with stats. I like that comparison. I think that's fair. Um, I think that Demarcus Lawrence is more effective. I know you're not equalizing the two than Zeke Elliott is. Um, but I think I like that comp. Kenneth says perfect time for a buy. Uh, Mark also, by the way, says stock up bye week. We need it. Seriously. What a great time. Caleb says, am I insane to think that if our offense plays like this and our defense plays elite, that we could win out the rest of the season? I only think you're insane um, in, I mean, I think you're insane, but I think you're misguided and maybe misguided is not the right way to put it. There, like at some point there is some natural NFLness, right? There's some natural sportsness. There's some natural weirdness. There's some natural, you lose a game you're not supposed to lose. And I mean, to your point, if, if, if the Cowboys offense and defense are both playing at elite levels and yeah, you're probably not going to lose a lot of games, but in all likelihood, the Cowboys are going to lose another game and that's okay. And people will freak out. People will panic. It will probably be against the team they're not supposed to lose. People will say, how are you going to win in the playoffs? You can't win this game, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. They are six and two dudes. They, they are six and two at the bye, and they have not even played a game against the AFC South yet. Think about that. They, they, they are six and two, and they are the only team in the division that has yet to play a game against the AFC South. By the way, the New York Giants um, are approaching their own 30-yard line. It is still midway through the first quarter so very early in their game against the Seahawks I don't have to tell you that we're rooting for Seattle here in this game uh, so while we're here on the post game show for the next 30 ish minutes or so uh, I'll definitely keep you updated uh, but yeah I mean let's see Shane by the way says I'll give McCarthy credit Garrett teams didn't beat teams down like we've seen his teams do over the years they have an identity Garrett's teams would not have gone for it at the end of the first half the way McCarthy did. And again, I don't agree with McCarthy every time he does that, every way he does that. Um, you can argue that there's a, an element of feel that's involved, certainly for NFL head coaches. But um, McCarthy feels his team out and he knows what he's doing and it didn't work, but they won 49 to 29. So, like, how can you be upset? Uh, JB74 says McCarthy deserves a bunch of props right now. I have been a huge McCarthy basher in the past. Be like JB74, people. It's okay to change your opinion when things change i don't like him not challenging or going for fourth and one in the eagles game that did feel like a panic move. i agree with that but he has kept it together jb74's comment closes out i mean he deserves a lot of credit i mean there are a lot of coaches who and like you know this conversation turns into like well look at what brian dable's doing look at what nick sirianni's doing look at what uh sean mcdermott's doing look at what andy reid's doing whatever like i don't know anybody who gets less credit for what he's doing than Mike McCarthy. He deserves all the credit in the world. And so do Dan Quinn. And today, Kellen Moore, John Fossil has had a great season, obviously. Uh, Kevontae Turpin, we're still waiting for that first touchdown. But um, man, I mean, what a great staff that they the Cowboys have uh, have have rolled out. They're six and two at the bye week. All right, way to go, Cowboys, way to go. Let's keep going, stock up. Um, I have him on the list in I'll be honest with you, you know, look, look, this is how the sausage gets made, right? Like, I got to do this list and I'm putting it together. We're getting ready so we can start as soon as the game ends, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have CeeDee Lamb on the list, all right? He caught a touchdown and he looked incredible while he did. And I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that CeeDee was perfect. He obviously had the uh, the bad route on the interception. We can sit here, we can blame him all we want. Um, there, there's a lot of fair blame, I think, that falls on CD for that performance. But CD Lamb still had five catches for 70, 70 yards and a touchdown. CD did have moments of, of flashing wide receiver 
one-ness, one receiver, wide receiver, one stuff. Uh, was it a perfect game? Was it a flawless game? Was it an infallible game? No, but it was a very positive game, a very positive step in the right direction for CeeDee Lamb. So definitely putting him on my stock report, giving him a stock up. Good for him. Totally acknowledge that he um, he was at fault partly for the Dak Prescott interception. I'm also giving a stock up to Malik Davis. Dude, I mean, first NFL game, and he was robbed of a touchdown. It would have been so awesome to see him get that score. Um, I really thought I, I saw Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com tweeted out that it felt inevitable the Cowboys were going to give him the ball and get him the touchdown. Instead, Dak went to Jake Ferguson, as we all know, but finished eight carries, 23 yards. Um, I mean, was had the had two catches for 18 yards as well. There's a really cool debut, came in, had to step up, obviously, uh, with Tony Pollard getting elevated, with Zeke Elliott being on ice. Um, so good for him. Um, Y'all asking about Jonathan Hankins. Solid debut. And, you know, it's hard to really, I think, um, hard hard to really draw a, a big conclusion off, off of, you know, one game, first game. But we'll see. Definitely um, solid debut. Uh, but so, um, yeah, as I scratch my nose. All right. Stock up. O-line. All right. Just giving it to everyone. All right. We could sit here. We could talk Zach Martin. We could talk, obviously, um, Tyler Smith. The entire offensive line was incredible. The Tony Pollard 54-yard touchdown run, Zach Martin was amazing on. I mean, this offensive line, of all the like things that have aged poorly, I think it's probably that the offensive line was going to be a disaster. Now, you can credit that to Terrence Steele elevating his game in his third season, Tyler Biotish elevating his game. Tyler Smith coming in and kind of saving things, obviously, as a rookie. I mean, it it is it doesn't make sense. It it should not it should not be that <laughs> that Tyler Smith is this good as a rookie left tackle in the NFL. But here we are, thankfully. So, um, you know, left guard has been kind of a question mark, but the Cowboys kind of found ways to figure it out. And so, I I think I mean just split this this stock up in in in, in five pieces and hand it out. They deserve a lot of credit. Loco says the first drive they showed Zach Martin as good as he was beast mode, big, hungry. Um, let's see here. Johnny Boyce says the O-line played great today, but concerned about depth. McGovern went down again. The bye week really coming at the perfect time, obviously, for the Cowboys um, in a lot of ways. Uh, by the way, I'm making sure we're not missing anything here. Um, nothing, 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 nothing. We're all good. Uh, but, man, um, I just a phenomenal game from the Cowboys offensive line. I did want to come back uh, to this point, and this will we'll, we'll go to our stock down here. Uh, Donnie, by the way, says this offensive line is growing up. They very much are. It's nice to see. Um, now Easton, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Kirby says, did it feel like the bears putting up 29 points was very fluky? I think is, um, the word you're going for. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say yes. Um, it felt very fluky. And in fact, I only have one stock down. So there are 10, uh, members of the stock report here, um, every single week. And so far we've given stock ups to Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, CD lamb, Malik uh, Davis and the offensive line. So we're halfway through, by the way, I forgot. I do have a staffer on here, so that's my bad. I lied earlier, but another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I got to do it now. Stock down officials. I've been talking about this for basically the entire show right now. All right. I do not want to be the person that complains about officials. I think that's lame. 
I think that's stupid. I think it's it's refusing to acknowledge that you lost, right? Like sometimes the Cowboys lose, right? And sometimes they lose because they're the worst team, you know, in that game. That happens. That's okay. We can admit that. And they didn't lose today. But I hate, I hate that this game was so poorly officiated. All right. I don't know what my, and, and I know it was a joke last week. I know a lot of you, by the way, want Kelvin Joseph as a stock down. I'm totally fine. If you want to give him a stock down, I don't have a problem with it. But it's just, I wanted to, to hype up more positive things, but I could not overlook this negative thing. Um, I don't know. And again, I know it was a joke last week um, about Micah Parsons finally drew a holding penalty. I do not know what Micah has to do to, to get holding calls consistently. I mean, Micah's, you know, I think we're exaggerating. By the way, I'm just now seeing the Falcons game winning field goal. Um, I know we're exaggerating and saying that Micah could get called for holding or you could call, you know, Bears players in this case uh, for holding against Micah every play. It's obviously not every play, but it is pretty often. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there, I don't I don't feel ridiculous or like a Homer fan to say that, you know, officials miss like five penalties, five holding penalties that Micah Parsons could have drawn. So that's my first problem. My second problem is what is going on with roughing the passer? Johnny Boyer in here says officiating can impact the game, which is part of the game. But the inconsistency in holding and roughing the passer is getting to be too much. Obviously, the entire football world. Um, had a huge problem with this or has a huge problem with this. Speaking of the Falcons, there was the Falcons call against Tom Brady a few weeks ago. And then the next day, the Chris Jones penalty on Monday Night Football. And so that became like a big discussion, right? Um, Cowboys got got today. Chauncey Golston roughs the passer. I'm only you know using some air quotes for the podcast signs here on Justin Fields on a Trayvon Diggs interception, right? Trayvon Diggs should have another interception. All right. I'm pissed that he doesn't. Chauncey Golston, what are you supposed to do? Um, now, Kevin says, love you, RJ. Love you too, Kevin. But you sound like the Cowboys after the San Francisco game. I don't think so, Kevin, because look, I'm, I'm t- I think a lot of times Cowboys fans are ridiculous about these things. And I do think it is some big loser energy to blame officials here. I just, I don't have a problem losing. I mean, beat my team, right? Like my Astros lost on Friday night and it sucked. They didn't lose because anybody's against them. They lost because they blew it. Justin Verlander blew it, right? Like you lose because you lose. This, this, these are not like objective things. And by nature, uh, there's a level of subjectivity towards officiating. But what is Chauncey? Like, that's the answer that, uh, that I want. Fine, call it a penalty. But what is he supposed to do? That I want that question answered. What is Chauncey Golston supposed to do when he's airborne, when his hands are in the air because he's trying to play defense, he's trying to get Justin Fields not to get this pass off? What is he supposed to do? And fine, call it roughing the passer. Make the penalty reviewable. Make the penalty reviewable so we can go, we can take a look, we can get it right, and fine, the game lasts too long. Who cares if the game lasts too long? We're all devoting our entire day to this anyway. What is two more minutes if you have to go review this? We we have, you know, we can we, we can put all sorts of, like, technology in our lives. I mean, we can send machines to different planets and stuff, but we can't establish the technology needed to, like, assess whether roughing the passer is, is a penalty or not. You have to be able to determine whether or not the penalty is fair and roughing the passer. Fine. I mean, the NFL is obviously going to protect their quarterbacks. They want to protect the most important, most visible players, but man, that is really, 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 really hard to take. Kevin says the answer on Golston is simple. The league has decided they're going to protect the quarterback. And if you hit the head and neck area on the quarterback, whether any, whether anyone likes it or not, that is what the owners want. Again, 
what JB74 says here, I like if it's deliberate, fine, but it's not. That's the thing. If Chauncey Golston's out here swinging his head or his hands and just trying to like take out Justin Fields, by all means, throw all the flags. But what's he supposed to do if he's airborne? I don't understand how there isn't some level of benefit, some level of logic, some level of common sense that is injected into this situation. But fine. You're going to call this penalty. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to talk about it in our post-game show presented by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use code BTB15 for 15% off. But there's another piece here that I'm upset with, all right? Not only am I bothered that Micah Parsons did not draw a holding penalty, not only am I bothered that Chauncey Golston couldn't do anything else, whether he wanted to or not, I am bothered that the officials did not give Khalil Herbert a fumble when he clearly fumbled. And look, I... Don't understand how all of this can happen, but the process here seemed to be very straightforward. We saw Khalil Herbert fumble. There seems to be some question as to whether or not he reestablished possession and whether or not he fumbled again after what was then his second possession of that particular possession. Um, that being said, there was no proof that he reestablished possession. There was none of that. And we we all have seen calls like that. They happen all the time in all sports, right? I, I'm sure you've said wherever you've been watching, whoever you've been watching with, man, that's one of those calls that um that, that, that they're, they're just not going to be able to overturn, right? Like if that had been called the other way, they wouldn't be able to overturn. There's just not enough evidence one way or the other to overturn it. And that's how I felt about the Khalil Herbert uh, fumble. He fumbled the ball. There was not enough proof to tell me, to tell you, to tell the viewer that he reestablished possession. Fine. He, maybe you don't think he fumbled it the second time. He did fumble it the first time. And I have nothing to prove, nothing to show that he did, that he did in fact, reestablish possession. I've said these words so many times together now that I'm starting to kind of step all over myself. And so that being the case, the Golston penalty, the, the Herbert mess-up call, those two things led to two touchdowns for the Bears. So we're sitting here saying like, well, you know, was it kind of fluky for the Bears? Yeah, because they had 13 points. Chicago went for two um, on the second touchdown. For anyone who didn't see the game, they didn't get it, which is why it's 13 points. 13 of 29 points were directly, I don't say handed, but directly those opportunities were given to the Bears because of officials. If officials you know, make correct decisions. The Chauncey Golston play is not a penalty. Trayvon Diggs has an interception and the Bears obviously don't score. If Khalil Herbert turns the ball over, then guess what? He turns the ball over. The officials took away two turnovers that the Cowboys defense generated because of questionable decisions. That just cannot happen. Matt says, uh, I agree 100% on the fumble call. He may have regained possession, but there was not enough evidence that he did. Should stay with the call on the field in that situation. A thousand points to Matt. Uh, JB74 says, even um, <laughs> Dan Bellino, uh, of course, uh, Dean Blandino, uh, said it was a fumble, and we all know how he rules against this. Des Garth says, I believe that the officials have been told by the league to keep the game as close as possible. That's why they make game-changing calls. See, like, I don't think that. Like, I don't think that officials are trying to, like, I don't think that the officials had Dallas by nine and a half or Chicago to cover. Like, I don't think any of that stuff. I think that they just suck at this. I, I think that they're just bad at this. And so we have the technology. Let's make sure that we get this thing right. D-Day 2 says the one is common. That one is common sense. He obviously didn't regain control of it because it came out so easy the second time. Um, Spidey Dude Radio Network says, I felt there were two face mask calls missed, one for each. Um, Kevin, by the way, says the fumble complaint is fair. I would have let it stand as it was called. I just couldn't tell if he regained control or not. And that's the thing. I understand if you want to tell yourself, and I know you're not doing this, Kevin, but if you're an official and you're like, man, I kind of think he may have regained possession. Prove it. Prove it then. If that's the thing, prove it. Prove it to us. 
on the tape. Give us the moment where you're like, that's possession right there. But you cannot lean with your guess. You cannot lean with what you think. You have to make the decision off of what the tape proves. The tape did not prove that Herbert regained possession. They directly took that ball away from the Cowboys. They could not, in clear consciousness, go against the ruling that was on the field, which in this particular case happened to be a fumble. Bad officiating, stock down officials, you suck, we rule, you're the worst, we're the best, Cowboys won anyway, whatever. All right, let's move on. That was uh, the only stock down I mentioned. I need a, a sip of my, uh, my blue Kool-Aid here, which is uh, not a coincidence here that it's blue. All right, so Cowboys win 49-29. That was uh, not an ad. Just I really like these power raids. They're no calories, so I, I drink them a lot. But anyway, um, by the way, Seahawks starting to move a little bit, starting to have some success on offense. Let's go Gino. Uh, stock up Kellen Moore. I mentioned that I did have a staffer. I forgot. Um, Kellen, we'll give some flowers to Kellen. All right, this – and. The one um, Perry Peters says, is that a cucumber Gatorade? This is a Powerade. As you can see, it's Powerade. It's a blue. Uh, the flavor is actually uh, mixed berry. These are really good, and they're no calories. Again, not an ad. They're just um, awesome. Uh, I highly endorse them, you know, in my life. <laughs> but anyway, it's not an ad, and it's it's uh, the best Gatorade flavor is not cucumber. It is melon. I know that's a, a controversial uh, opinion, but melon is is by far the best uh, Gatorade color. Anyway, uh, making sure we're not missing anything. Nothing. 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 Um, all right. So um, Kellen Moore deserves some flowers. Um, now you can argue that Kellen had far more room to impress than Dan Quinn or even Mike McCarthy. Um, but, um, Kellen, good job. And the argument I was going to make before you guys distracted me with the cucumber thing, um, you can make an argument that this was the first time this season that Kellen Moore had a functional offense and quarterback, but he should be tasked with making it work no matter what. Um, so good for Kellen Moore. We're happy. We're proud of you. Good job. D-Day 2, I like this question, says, is Fowler the new Gregory jumping off sides on third downs again? Yeah, not a great look for Dante Fowler. Dante's had some some bad moments this season, um, some bad penalties. Did have a sack in this game, so that helped everybody kind of feel better about it. Um, so um, good job. By, by the way, on the Kellen note, Perry Peters says the tempo was a great decision. I agree. It, it felt like the Cowboys offense, you know, was an adult in the room, so to speak. Um, so good for the Cowboys offense. Good for Kellen Moore. Proud of you guys. You did it. You proved us wrong. You were right. We were wrong. We're the officials. You're not. Um, shout out to you guys. Love you. Anyway, all right, let's move on again. I'm. It's, it's difficult when we have these games at noon uh, because I've got to make sure that nothing is, uh, you know, happening in the background that we're not missing something or whatever uh, because there's so much NFL uh, stuff happening. Uh, I onion 77, by the way, says, yep, but Kellen not using Turpin properly. Hey, Kellen's going to tell you that he handed the ball off to Turpin one time. Uh, so that's enough. Um, yeah, seriously, Kellen, what are you doing? Um, by the way, the Greek bull says Fowler played well the rest of the way. D-Law really hurt us on the edge, sucking inside, stay outside. And we stop a couple of those drives. I'm fine with that. But, oh, I like this from Ryan Preston says Fowler spelling it with a U instead of a W. So like a foul, like a flag. Um, great job. Garth Kirkpatrick, I know I gave uh, a stock up to Malik Davis. I did not give one to Damone Clark. Speaking of Demarcus Lawrence, man, I was so happy to see him get that sack, but it would have been awesome if Damone Clark got it. Great job uh, by Damone Clark. Getting 
just to play this game. I, I thought that was impossible myself. So I'll take that L. Um, I mean, all the credit in the world to Damone Clark for, for getting uh, into a position to, to play it all this season and play, play well in, in this small sample size. So very, very happy for Damone Clark and hopefully what he's going to contribute to the Cowboys moving forward. I don't have him as a stock up. I also don't have Leighton Vanderesh, but Bree Bray Nick um, in our comment section says slight stock up on LVE. Dude is more like an IRA than a stock though. I like that. Um, I mean, this was a solid game for Leighton Van. And that's the thing, like, it's hard. It's hard to give out stock reports, you know, or stock ups and stock downs. It's hard to limit this to 10. Uh, but, you know, that's what makes it coveted, right? Like, every, everybody's – the Cowboys, Super Bowl, Schmooper Bowl. I mean, they're here to get it on my stock report, obviously. Um, really awesome game for Leighton Van Der Esch in some respects. But the run defense not being great hurts him. Uh, Paul says, I loved the big bland breakup. I don't have Deron Bland on my stock report either, uh, but you could t- totally make an argument. Great first game playing for Jordan Lewis now, obviously, who was injured last week. Uh, let's keep going. So I had Kellen Moore. Next up, the tight end group. Um, I mean, just a really, I said this um, this past week, I love Jason Witten. All right. I'm not, oh, Shane Davis has the McCaffrey just threw a touchdown pass. So already a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the tight end group. I love Jason Witten. We all love Jason Witten. All right. This is not a shot in any way at Jason Witten. But it's been kind of cool to see the Cowboys develop some young tight ends, right? Like it's been kind of cool. And I include Dalton Schultz in that mix, right? Like Dalton Schultz helped the Cowboys survive Jason Witten's retirements, both of them. Um, I mean, Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson. I mean, just awesome i mean like what what a cool fun group the cowboys have going on here and i put dalton schultz in that mix cowboys have three tight ends who we all really like they can all block they can all catch they can all run they're all awesome great job i know this is kind of cheating um like i did with the offensive line but uh but i made the list so shout out to me um final stock up before the last one donovan wilson man i i've been saying all season that anthony brown might be the most underrated player on the cowboys um it might be Donovan Wilson. And, and and I don't think Donovan – I think Anthony is the most underrated if you're asking Cowboys fans. But I think if you're talking about a national level, I don't think that enough people are talking about Donovan Wilson. He is amazing. The Greek Bull says Hope Wilson is okay. Totally agreed. We'll see. We'll keep you updated, of course, um, at Blogging the Boys. But, man, alive. He is just everywhere. I mean, he has been incredible. He has been amazing. And Kevin asked if we know he's okay. Don't see anything yet, um, so still waiting. Um, I mean, this is just what a safety. Cowboys safety room is really, really deep. It's strange. It's it's uncomfortable. Um, I I'm not used to this sort of thing um, as a Cowboys fan. Um, so shout out Donovan Wilson. You are amazing. Onion seventy seven says, "Don't forget about Malik Hooker." Totally agreed. Malik Hooker was inactive today, though, so it's hard for me to give him a stock up for this particular game. Uh, Garth says, "I had Ferguson on my fantasy life. Good for me. Although he only had one catch, it was for a touchdown. That was awesome. Good job by you." Shane says, "Wilson was really good, but so was Curse. Both are always around the ball." Totally agreed. Paul says, "We need injury updates. Want to know if there's any news on Tyron Smith as we hit midseason? Have not heard anything. I don't. If Tyron plays, and I I throw that out as a huge if." Um, I mean, it's probably in December. I mean, I think we're we're starting to get um, a little too. Um, we're not quite there yet. Um, I do think that 
we are getting really close to maybe when James Washington's going to return, but I agree. Uh, Cowboys will go into hibernation for the bye week, and then hopefully we get uh, a few more updates on that front. My last stock up, and then we'll get to some closing thoughts. We have not listed him. I can't believe none of you have said this. All right? I can't believe none of you have gone this direction here. All right? How could we not give a stock up to Micah Parsons? Every week. I mean, every week, What what is, like, what? how? How is this possible? And I think Justin Fields played all right today. But, dude, how do you not know that you got to touch this dude? How do, how do you not know that you got to touch him down? This is not Ohio State anymore, Penn State. I know that the game was yesterday, but this is not that game between the two of you, Justin Fields and Micah Parsons. You have to know better, Justin Fields. But thank you for not knowing. Thank you for making Micah Parsons' first NFL touchdown an amazing moment. It was so cool. Um, I mean, by the way, Wayne notes, uh, I saw Edward just tweeted this out right now, that uh, that, that my, Dak Prescott joked that Mike is going to make an argument that he should play some running back on offense. I do not know of a player that has impacted the Cowboys more right away than Micah Parsons. And I think we all on some level wondered whether that was going to kind of fade in the second year, like regression of the mean, call it whatever you want. He has been better. He has been more dominant. He has been amazing. And, you know, many of you have said already the buy is coming at the perfect time. Um, I think it's a really good thing to give Micah some time to chill, take a deep breath. Now he's like this Twitch star, stream your Madden games, Micah. By the way, EA, if you're listening, make a good game, right? Make Madden a good game so that Micah and all of us can enjoy it. Um, but, man, Mike and Kenneth Cook says that Charles Haley did. If, oh, that's a great point. But talking about draft picks, like who is the who is the non quarterback the Cowboys have drafted that has impacted their team like this? I mean, he has just you can't explain it. You really cannot. He has been incredible. I mean, he has changed. A lot of you have said this. He changed the culture. Um, I agree. And Shane just right now his comments says Parsons is the best superstar Dallas has had in 20 years. Dude is changing the culture in Big D. He does it every week. He is the number one player that other teams are safeguarding or planning or plotting against, and they cannot stop him. They cannot, and he opens up opportunities for everybody else. It is an amazing thing to watch, and I think that I speak for all of us in saying that when he is available, which is obviously the last two years, um, man, Things are good. Paul, thank you for the super chat. Says at this point, it's just that he is Parsons. Also, shout out to Anger on that last pun. I know it touched back, but it was still wow. Very much agreed. Uh, Bills made such a big deal about their drafted punter having a big leg. Wow, we don't talk about that punter anymore. Uh, but that's right. I mean, that was an incredible punt. That's Pro Bowler Brian Anger, by the way. I don't know if he's going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. We'll see. Hopefully, obviously, he's a little bit busy around that time of year. Johnny Boy, uh, thank you again, Paul, for the super chat. But Johnny Boy says Micah is setting the bar for the league um astro joe says i was one of those who questioned the pick what can we say he does his talking on the field the only part of me because i'm with you uh that feels like not like a total idiot is the player i wanted is patrick was patrick sertan and he's amazing and so i mean i feel kind of like somewhat validated right like well at least i wanted another amazing player uh man uh jb74 says he's such a wonderful guy too having watched him grow so blessed it really does have um, a lot of the same energy that Dak and Zeke did, obviously, their rookie year. It just feels like you're right, like this kid coming in, 
so excited to be around. It's so cool how much he loves football. Like he's always tweeting during Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, whatever. Uh, Micah Parsons rules. He is awesome. Caleb says, I can't believe that question to pick. I don't know where this team would be without him. Very well said. Very, very well said. So congratulations. Uh, stock report now complete. You can read more. You can read the full stock report at blogontheboys.com, or you can check me out on Instagram. I post them there as well, a little write-ups. Uh, so closing thoughts. Um, Cowboys do have a few penalty issues, right? Not a perfect game for Dallas and official stunk, right? I'm not here to, to you know say anything else, but official stunk. But Dallas did still have some penalties, six penalties for 41 yards. The Bears had six penalties for 45 yards. Uh, we obviously talked about Dante Fowler. A lot of you talked about Kelvin Joseph in, in some different ways. Um, things are not perfect, but if you can survive all that stuff and you can get the win and, and you can get a comfortable win, I mean, you got bigger problems to, or there, there, are, there are bigger problems to have. Um, so while nobody's pleased, nobody's pumped, nobody's, you know, accepting this, it's okay in the grand scheme of things. So this was the perfect way for the Cowboys to head into the bye week. Now I'm reading things I wrote, like I didn't, I wrote these. Um, I just don't know how you could feel better if you're a Cowboys fan. And I know it's frustrating that the Eagles are seven and zero with an easy schedule ahead of them too. We'll see what happens with the Giants. Just in case you're curious, Seattle has the ball. The second quarter just started. It is third and long. I can't quite tell where they are on the field. Wow, they are on the New York 12-yard line. Uh, so Seattle threatening. Hopefully we'll knock the Giants down. Uh, the Commanders and Colts are playing at the moment. Um, not that that's significant. By the way, Geno Smith, let's do it. Geno Smith uh, gets out of the sack and looks for his man. Uh, evades another player. Uh, man, Gino out right before the first down marker. So it looks like a field goal coming up for the Seahawks. But six and two at the bye. Mark says we're, we're six and two going to the bye. We got our quarterback back. Guys are getting healthy. I'm happy. Stop complaining. Very much agreed. And um, if you're one of the rare birds like me and you're a Cowboys fan and an Astros fan, now you get to chill. I mean, not no chill happens here at Blogging the Boys. Like we're still working, right? You know, we got a lot of stuff. Make sure you check out bloggingtheboys.com, podcast network, YouTube channel. We got a lot of stuff, you know, just because the Cowboys are off doesn't mean that we stop. But if you're a Cowboys and Astros fan, now you get to chill and put all your sports energy behind your team in the World Series. Um, so that is um, very cool, at least. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Scott Paul Crawford just told me the future, said that the Seahawks converted a fourth and two. Just saw that. Thank you very much, Scott Paul. Now they are uh, on the two-yard line uh, threatening to score. So good for them. Um, man, um, I am so happy. I don't know how – I mean, could – could the Cowboys be 8-0? Could they be 7-1? and Sure. Would it have been better if they beat the Eagles? Totally. But, dude, they, this is – I mean, we've got some serious house money. Life is pretty sweet if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan right now. This was the perfect way to go into the bye. As Paul notes, thank you for the super chat, Paul. We are good in all three phases going into the bye. And it, there's something else, and I don't truly think that this has an impact on an NFL team, but, I mean, speaking as a fan – it is so nice to go into the bye with your team flexing their muscle, right? Like as opposed to, you know, kind of getting a whimper sort of win, right? Like a win is a win. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you don't care. A win is a win, but it is so much better to go into the bye like this with Dak back and the defense is awesome. Micah got a touchdown. Special teams is great. Everything is awesome, right? Like as opposed to having something to worry about for two weeks. So, Man, I am so pumped. And now, not only do we get the, if you're, again, if you're an Astros fan, you get the World Series, whatever, blah, blah. But next up, next up is, is something that this team has not had 
with their franchise quarterback, right? We were all pumped about the game going into Philadelphia, but if we're honest with ourselves, we all kind of knew it was a tough task. We all knew that the team was very good. We were all still emotionally into it, emotionally invested, and it sucked that they lost. This is a different kind of emotion, all right? This is a different one coming up for the Cowboys in two weeks, all right? I know a lot of you hate him, and I'm going to keep fighting this fight because you need to respect the very good head coach of our favorite team here. But next up, we win this one for Mike. Next up, we win this one for Mike McCarthy. We're going to Lambeau Field, the holy cathedral of professional football. And this one's for Mike, all right? Because Aaron Rodgers got his turn. Aaron Rodgers had his opportunity. He has had every moment behind a microphone to talk, to disparage, to besmirge, besmirge, besmirk, whatever, to talk down and talk poorly about Mike McCarthy. And he painted a narrative that we as Cowboys fans have had to live with since Mike McCarthy was hired. Aaron Rodgers made it seem like with everything he has done, and granted he is an amazing player and has done some amazing things in the NFL, but Aaron Rodgers waged a public war, a war of public relations against Mike McCarthy, and he won. And so Mike McCarthy has had to take that for the last four years almost. Now it is time. We have the horses. Let's head to Lambeau Field, and let's get this one for Mike against the dude that we all hate. All right, Mike, you, us, we, all of us, Des caught it. We're here. All right, Des caught it. Jared Cook, Mason Crosby, Rodgers didn't fumble. Jeff Heath got him. All that stuff. Next one is for Mike, and we get to put all of that emotion into one game coming off this massive high. I mean, man, it is a really, really, I mean, I'm terrified. Don't get me wrong, but it's really fun, right? (laughs) At the very least, you want this to be fun. You want to be emotional. You want to be into it. I mean, two weeks from today, the game will have kicked off at this exact moment. But two weeks from today, that weekend, um, that is the, the time is going to have changed. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. The cooler weather is going to be here. That I'm telling you right now, whoever you are, however you're watching or listening, that weekend, you're making something in the crock pot. All right. That's a perfect crock pot weekend. You get a meal. The house smells good. It gets a little bit warm from the crock pot. And you sit down and you focus. Two weeks from now is for Mike McCarthy, as Brandon mentions, the revenge of McCarthy. Um, whatever you guys are going to make in the crock pot, let me know. Um, if it's a good recipe that you're proud of, maybe I'll copy it. All right. I'll tell my wife I made it up. So I'll get some, uh, some cool points in my household. Seahawks touchdown, Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, way to go. Lots of you telling us, uh, appreciate it. So next one's for Mike McCarthy. Uh, next up closing thoughts. Um, I didn't talk about this, but the Cowboys were incredible on third down. Oh my gosh. Cowboys were amazing on third down against the Chicago bears. Third down efficiency, nine of 11, nine of 11 on third down. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how bad they are. If you are nine of 11 on third down, defense is elite. Uh, this was an elite performance by the Dallas Cowboys in every way, shape, and form, which again, adds to the reason why we're all feeling so good going into the bye week. Uh, speaking of, by the way, um, as we close up here, a reminder that our righteous felon craft jerky player of the game, Tony Pollard, go to righteousfelon.com. Use code BTB15 for 15% off your order. The best beef jerky in all the land. All right, we do this every week. So let's go ahead and do it now. Cowboys, you're 6-2. and two. What games are they losing here? What games? You're looking at uh, the podcast audience isn't getting this. A really terrible moment for them. That's my bad. Um, what games are the Cowboys losing between now and the end of the regular season? Next up at Green Bay for Mike. Next up at Minnesota. New York on Thanksgiving, Indianapolis frauds, Houston bad team, on the road against the Jaguars, who just lost to the Broncos, Philadelphia at home on Christmas Eve. That's a Saturday. Um, At Tennessee, 
at Washington. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost to the Vikings. I believe in the Vikings. I know I know a lot of people don't. Kirk Cousins, blah, blah, blah. But I, I believe in the Vikings. Um, so maybe, the Vi- maybe you lose to the Vikings. Um, maybe you lose one of those AFC South games just because football is weird. Maybe, maybe you lose to Philly. I know that would bother us a lot. I think we're looking at maybe three more losses. It's a six and two team. So that would put you at 12 and five. 12 and five. 12 and five, 13 and four. It's all possible. It's all doable. It's all right there in our fingertips, at our fingertips. So um, Ryan, by the way, notes that we beat the Vikings the last two times with backup quarterbacks. That's right. It was Cooper Rush a year ago, and it was Andy Dalton the year before when Mike McCarthy smashed those watermelons, baby. Um, I don't know. Um, I believe in the Vikings. We'll see them. Uh, Caleb says Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Tennessee are really only the scary teams for me. If they go out and pick up two wins in those games, I'll be very content. Agreed. And even if you only win one, right? Like even if you only win one of these games and you win the ones that aren't scary, you're still a four loss team. Like this is a very, 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 very good team. Very, 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 very good team. Um, shout out to the Cowboys. Um, shout out. I mean, they did it. They proved we've we've made our apologies. We doubted them. They couldn't get, you know, things right um, at the end of the first week. And they deserve a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of credit. They won't get it from some people because the, the same national lazy narratives will be, well, McCarthy sucks. What does he do? Dak owes oh, the Bears. Oh, what's going to happen with Zeke? Blah, blah, blah. Nah, it's a great team. Throw whatever you want in it. Throw whatever, whatever it is. They will find away that is what they have taught us they have earned the benefit of the doubt here cowboys this is my benefit of the doubt you can have it this is a prop but you should get this this is the og hickory from righteous fallen craft jerky um they've earned it they've earned it and they deserve a lot of credit mike mccarthy dan quinn kellen moore will mcclay stephen jones jerry jones they all there's there's enough to go around ironically there's a lot of pie there's, there's a lot of pie to go around. We can we can cut up all sorts of slices. We can hand it out to each one of them. They can all have their fair share because they have earned it together. So shout out to them. Shout out to you. Shout out to us. Shout out to Micah Parsons again. And shout out to Justin Fields uh, for not touching him. So um, JB74 says Cousins is bipolar. Depends on how you placed the week before. Tennessee depends on who the quarterback is. And Philly is going down. The one thing... Um, that I will say about this Packers game, they got the Lions next week. All right, so they got the Bills tonight, Lions next week. It's right there, baby. That's let's let's do it. Let's get there. Uh, my name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Somebody was a jerk and took that username on TikTok, so I had to go with RJ dot Ochoa over there. If you want to send me an email, you can. You need the dot RJ dot Ochoa at sbnation.com. What a time! What a time, people. What a time. The Dallas Cowboys with the big-time dub over the Chicago Bears. My dog's name is Bear. Going to be a tough night in this house. Right? He's a little upset. He is a Cowboys fan, but he's got a soft spot for the Bears. He's Right now, he's walking around. He's just like, you know, give me the side eye. Like, dude, you know, why'd you do this to me? Why'd you do this? Why'd you pick my name? Whatever. Um, whatever. Anyway, um, I love you all. I cannot believe that you all make us a part of your Dallas Cowboys fan experience. Uh, whether you watch us on our YouTube channel, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. Or if you're a podcast listener, uh, a special shout out to our podcast audience. Um, not that I love them more. I love you all equally. Uh, but this past week, we passed 3 million downloads 
on the year. Blog of the Boys Podcast Network this past week crossed over the three million mark. Thank you to everybody who listens to all of our shows. All of our staffers and, and voices are so talented. Um, that's why it's completely free. If you have a podcast app, you like to listen to podcasts, I encourage you subscribe to the Blog on the Boys Podcast Network. If you can leave a rating and you can write a review, those things certainly help us out a lot. Uh, but we have two different shows that come out every single day. Plus, we have a daily update show. So if you subscribe to our podcast network, you get a daily update that's five minutes long, gets you all the headlines you need to know. Um, then you get two different shows with all sorts of tremendously talented voices each and every single weekday. You, of course, um, get to hang out with me you know, a couple times a week there, here, whatever. Um, and who could forget? As Johnny Boy RN notes, that tomorrow is Victory Polo Monday. Get yourself your Dallas Cowboys polo, whether it's a polo, T-shirt, cap, pinch your nails, scarf, uh, stickers on your face, whatever you want it to be. Take a selfie, tweet it at me, post it on your Instagram story, tag me. We'll share all of them because the Dallas Cowboys are 6-2 and two and life is good. Go Astros! Astros in five. Love you all. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time.